It's time for That Was The Woke That Was with Andre Walker. Hello and welcome to That Was The Woke That Was, the topical quiz show that goes through all of the wokest stories of the week. And on my panel tonight, I've got Lacey Butcher, Sunil Sharma, Ben Lochnane and the lovely, the beautiful Rima Ibrahim. Let's get this party started. OK. Netflix are turning the Harriet and Meghan car chase into a movie and they're getting Quentin Tarantino to direct it. Is it true <laughs> or false? It would be like Pulp Fiction, but more fiction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll tell they're you telling their truth. They're telling and their it's not truth. real. <laughs> I'm just telling my truth. Mm. No, but your truth and the truth are clearly different yeah. things. I mean, I, look, is it distasteful, Reem, to have done this, uh, given what happened to Princess Diana? I think I think what's distasteful about it is the fact that they are sort of trying to present this as their own truth, the fact that there is some kind of subjective truth. Clearly, there is a lot of fiction in that in, in itself. I think it is quite distasteful and it's quite disrespectful to his own mother's legacy. Now, do you think that there is any sort of correlation between the fact that Harry's been in court this week trying to get the British taxpayer to pay for his security and this <laughs> mysteriously appearing in the press? It's very convenient. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, it wasn't that convenient. They lost the case. But... Well, maybe he hired the, uh, the press in order to get the security. No, no I, I, I can't say that. I've, I've, got, I've got to say, after a two-hour car chase, finally the paparazzi were able to shake off Harry and Meghan. <laughs> I garnered a lot of sympathy for Prince Harry when uh, you know he saw a loved one of his, whether we think it's or false with with Megan. Uh, he saw her being hounded with the press in the same way he witnessed that happening to his mother. And I, I, I was sympathetic towards that. But then having this whole thing about the paparazzi following them in a car, and then it actually turning out to be so so much further from the truth than what was portrayed, I think is utterly disrespectful. Okay. Well, we went out and asked the public what they thought about this. So before you give your answer, let's take a look at this. <laughs> Do you believe that Meghan Markle was telling the truth about her high-speed car chase round New York? No, because for $17 taxi fare, they could only go 16 feet in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> how, how fast normally are high-speed chases round Manhattan? Um, you could walk faster. Was she lying about the high-speed car chase in New York? No. But can you drive fast in New York? No. So how can she be telling the truth? Do you think that Meghan Markle really was involved in a high-speed car chase around New York? I don't know nothing about that. Yeah, I think that you are an expert in coach driving, but actually have limited your interest to that. This is where my interest is. Do you believe that Meghan Markle really had a high-speed car chase around New York? Of course she did, in a minute. OK, how fast will it go? Uh, as fast as it's about 20 miles an hour. OK, do you reckon I can outpace you to the ice cream van? Uh, not on a good day, but let's give it a go. Let's do it. Do you think that Meghan Markle actually had a high-speed car chase around New York? I'm Australian. We love Meghan and Harry. Why? We do. We love Princess Di. <laughs> oh! Oh! I'll tell you what. Oh, I think I think I've just lost a testicle. So that's what the public thinks, but what do you think? Do you think that there's going to be a Netflix film about it with Quentin Tarantino directing? I don't think that's true. You Surely don't think not. So. Well, I don't I... think Quentin Tarantino would take the job. That's I true. Be... I was going to say, I, I think that they would they would potentially try and create some kind of movie yeah. out of this, but not using a kind of well-renowned director. So I yeah. think it's false, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do end up doing it. I mean... It is absolutely false! <laughs> yeah. 
I've got to say, I loved when um, Quentin Tarantino appeared on Channel 4 News. I'm showing you about that. OK, uh, Keir Starmer has pledged to give Philip Schofield a knighthood if he wins the next election. Is it true or false? That's got to be false. That has to be false. <laughs> I mean, where do we start with this one? <laughs> Services to being deeply unpleasant. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, we should probably be a bit careful about what we say about this one. Um, but i tell you, tell you one thing that really gets me. 21 years of his life he dedicated to that sofa and 30 seconds was the outro that he got uh, on Monday when... Uh... It, was 30, it was 30 seconds longer than most people thought he deserved. I'll tell you what I find the a remarkable thing about him is that, obviously, we, working in TV, mm. get to know whether people are just nice people or not, right? Mm -hmm. And, actually, he's somebody who's famously unpleasant. Now, I have to say, I never met the man, but I just wonder whether members of the public should know whether these people are just unpleasant in real life. Definitely. I mean, my, my father told me a story when he met him yonks ago, and uh, he had a cigarette inside, and he was like, oh, don't tell anyone, like, it's you know, some state secret, but also that, that he is higher, uh, you know, better than thou. I think Lacey's right, and I think this idea that he, you know, spent so much time being the sort of, the, the, the sweetheart of Britain on this morning, and then for him to be gone within 30 seconds just goes to show that they had known this has been going on for such a long time. So I think that, you know, this, this kind of idea behind what's been going on for quite a while, people knew, and people, people but what, didn't like but what, but what about the idea, Ben? That, uh, that's been suggested by Eamon Holmes and others, which is they're both as bad as each other in yeah. terms of being unpleasant narcissists, him and Holly, and this power struggle hopefully should result in neither of them winning. I, I have to say, I do love the Stalinist approach of Holly, of just effectively airbrushing him out of pictures yeah. and putting all distance <laughs> through, like, the moment that it are you came saying, down Are it. you saying that Holly Willoughby's a dangerous communist? Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't possibly say <laughs> that Holly on Willoughby's TV. Holly But at the pub afterwards, <laughs> yeah, after again. But it, <laughs> but, it, but it is amazing. I mean, they they, they were were holier than now, the two of them, weren't they? And actually, <laughs> and actually, you end up in a situation where you're going, well, actually, in real life, you're not this cuddly, lovable pair that you pretend to be. No, absolutely. I think they're, you know, they put on the face for the cameras, but behind the scenes, a bit like James Corden has been accused oh. of this being absolutely horrific to the people behind the cameras. But Ellen DeGeneres is Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. Like but on yeah, TV, the they're the loveliest, bubbliest people imaginable. Just, just like Andre, on TV, he's lovely. Behind the scenes, Oh, in the green room, he's got a whip. No, well, as, uh, no, as, as I've always said, I, yeah. have, I have a leather strap that I call the corrector yeah. that I use on members of staff that, uh, that displease me. Yeah. But, but Sonno, look, I just want to ask you, you, you work in a serious job, admittedly you're here in your capacity <laughs> as a political commentator, but look, you know, when you go to work, are you supposed to be there to be the most lovable person or are you supposed to do a job? If Philip Schofield was good on camera, does it matter that he was quite rude to people behind the scenes? I think in his job it does. When he's in the public eye and he's, like, speaking to our nation every single day, then I think it does matter mm. the kind of person he is. If he's doing it privately in a private sector job where he doesn't, you know, in interface with the whole world, then I think it's different. In his role, I think it is important. Not necessarily to be the... I'm not saying he should be, like, Gandhi or something, but he should be a, a, a good person, you'd hope, at least. So you think he should be... Not, not like Gandhi, in that he shouldn't wear a toga, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, he, shouldn't, I don't... he shouldn't go around, I don't know, like, you know, trying to unify the world. But I he don't... should be respectful to his staff, at least. Who, you I, know, I... He doesn't have to be the best person, but, like, respectable to his staff and be a pleasant person. I mean, I, I don't know, Lacey. I, I just wonder whether sometimes, in defence of this man, Sometimes people in TV are so focused on the job in hand that actually that can come across quite rude. I mean, that's what you're like. <laughs> oh, thanks for that, Andre. <laughs> uh, no, I, I completely understand. I mean, you know, perhaps within some professional capacities, I can understand there being kind of a bit, bit of a, a bit of a front, bit of a face yep. uh, going on. But not 
when you've got people coming in saying, oh, my dustbins haven't been collected. You know, this morning's a light-hearted show. It's, it's not something you have to have that much of a, a, a different facade for. Um, but as I say, he did it for 21 years. He was just pushed out the door. And I, I don't know if he was pushed or he jumped. Either way, certainly uh, pushed. I mean, there's the, I, I, I obviously we don't know. We, we can't say no. certain what happened, but he definitely didn't just go on his own accord. Yeah. No, um, I, I, I don't. Yeah. Th I think the statement made that pretty clear. To yeah. Be honest, yeah. Where he said he'd agreed to leave. No, we which didn't. Is, it was which is, I'm agreeing to walk out that door. <laughs> just don't. You don't have to drag me. But uh, <laughs> when you got the likes like Eamon Holmes actually kind of mm. spilling the actual behind-the-scenes gossip yeah. uh, about what's been going on for quite some time, it, it is quite telling about these. Um, I guess these personas breaking down. And, and I have to say to you, um, Damon Holmes is one of my sort of horse racing drinking buddies. <laughs> he is he is a lovely bloke. And actually, yeah. that is an interesting point, isn't it? Because um, he's been hugely successful in his career and, and hasn't been unpleasant to people. Yeah. So it proves that you don't need to be That's really. The thing, there's plenty of people who do the same job as Philip Schofield who aren't absolute terrors to their staff and the people around yeah. them. You can do both. Mm -hmm. You can be... A, a, a you know high-powered, efficient, good presenter without being terrible to people behind the scenes. Yeah, and I actually disagree with someone when it comes to you know when you're in the private sector, when you're in the private behind-the-scenes jobs, you don't have to be as kind. I actually think we should all generally. I mean, this might sound very lefty, but I think we should all try and be a bit kind to everyone and respectful to everyone as much as we possibly can. We all hold can. hands and sing Kumbaya. Yes. Oh. <laughs> okay, let's do that. Come on. Kumbaya. Right, stop, stop that, stop that. And don't applaud. Lacey attempted to applaud herself then. Peace, love, his grace. I think it's... we're on the wrong show. Yeah. <laughs> I think we are. Oh, OK, I was housed about not imagining anything, thinking and asking people about Philip Schofield. Take it away. Will you miss Philip Schofield? Who the hell is Philip Schofield? Excuse me, sir, will you miss Philip Schofield? I'm, I don't speak English. That's what they all say. Are you glad to see the end of Philip Schofield? Yes. Why? I like it. Are you? The moment, sorry, uh, he will just say anything to get on my show. Do you have anything nice to say about Philip Schofield? Will you miss him? Um, I didn't know him, but I do know this. I know Jesus. Was Philip Schofield a Christian? Uh, I don't know. Oh, well, hopefully he was. And if he was, he's in a better place. I mean, he's not dead. Oh, I thought he was dead. No, no, he's not oh. dead. Uh, will you miss Philip Schofield? Yes. Why? He's handsome. Are you actually... Do you, do you know who he is, though? No. Do you like Philip Schofield? Yeah! Will you miss Philip Schofield? <laughs> Why? Where's he gone? Well, he's no longer on this morning. Keep on. I'm just so caught off guard right now. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm you're on the phone. phone. Yeah. yeah, who is it? <laughs> Hello? Tash. Oh, hello, Tash. <laughs> oh, she's just got out of the shower. Have a look at that. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, she's got a Tash. She has got a Tash as well. Will you miss Philip Schofield? Will you miss Philip Schofield? Come on, come on. Come on, I move I fast for a big boy. Come on, I've literally run now. I'm going to have a heart attack. Come on, come on, come on. Right, come on. Let's shift those pounds. Will you, are you willing to say anything nice about Philip Schofield? Come on, we'll clear the way. We'll clear the way. Excuse me, out the way, out the way. Van coming through. Keep, keep up with me. Come on, Van coming through. Clear the way, guys. Come on, clear the way. Clear the way. Have you got anything nice to say about Philip Schofield? Uh, well, it tasted really good. And the price tasted really good. So, had a good time. So I asked you um, what you think of Philip Schofield, and you said the price was very good and the food's excellent. Yes. Is it possible that you think this kebab shop's called Philip Schofield? I've got no clue where I am. Okay, so it's over to you guys. 
has Keir Starmer said that he's going to give a knighthood to Philip Schofield? Is it true or false? Be false, yeah, there's no false, way Keir Starmer false. would back that horse. Mm. No. False, false. It is absolutely false! Yeah. I mean, knighthoods are so discredited nowadays. <laughs> what difference does it make? OK, a London theatre is facing a backlash after having a black-only event where white people are discouraged from attending. What do you think? Well, I mean, given the current climate, that absolutely has to be true. Yeah, I agree. The, but I think it's a PR stunt. I don't think they were doing it. I think they just wanted their tiny little play that no one was going to go and see to be in the headlines mm. for ages. And apparently it was only for one showing. By, by the way, the by the way, I'm, I'm sorry to just ruin this for everybody in terms of whether it's true or false, but this event is not going to be black only because me and Russell Quirk have bought tickets, <laughs> right? No. And we'll be attending. I'm oh, not joking. That is I'm not amazing. joking. Do you think we let in? Uh, yeah, we've, we've got Front row tickets. Huh. Front row tickets. <laughs> front row tickets. <laughs> that is fantastic. Well, you, what you can do is just say, well, I identify as a black man, and if you try and criticise me, no, then... I think, actually, it's quite interesting, because I was talking to Russell about how you go along and not get accused of being racist, ironically, for a sort of gate-crashing a black-only event. And what we think we're probably going to do is just literally go in, sit down, watch the show, and then just see how people react. But I think I think it might get a bit bit, bit fruity. Are you going to film yeah. it? It would be great if you well, could get kicked you out. You should film it. How, how much do you know about this show, Andre? Because I found this story so interesting. So the show itself is called Blackout. It is. <laughs> and no it's, a, it's about the colonial history of Africa, isn't well, it? Well, they, yeah. they describe it as being a take on a minstrel show, which infamously is completely white people black, blacking up, should called, infamously. Should be called Wipes um, Out. But, but the, the tagline they put along with it for the night that is, is excluding white people, it's to get away from the white people's gaze. Yeah, absolutely. The gaze? We've done a question like this before. I think it was in Canada before. Uh, so this is nowhere new new story. It's something that, you know, sadly, you know, come across the pond. Sonil, Sonil, look, Sonil, I just want to ask you, you know, there was... Britain did have a colonial history, and not all of it is absolutely fantastic. Is there an argument for saying, look, we should give an opportunity for people for, for people of African descent to get together away from away from British people and, and think about and talk about their history? No, I think like if they you can do that privately in your house, you can do that privately wherever. Like I think this colonial stuff is just crazy. Which civilization, which religion, which race didn't do in some capacity colonization? We all did it. Like it's just for some reason we're fixated on British Empire, whatever last hundred years. We've all done it. We've all done some really bad things. Move on. I mean, I, I tell you what really frustrates me when you see all these sort of statues coming down and you see people where you think, well, this Edward Coulston guy in Bristol, I didn't realise this, was not a slave yeah, master, yeah, yeah. right? He's a guy who actually was a merchant in the city of London and then went on to, being, to be deputy governor of the Royal Africa Company, which, as far as I can see, was just a title they gave him uh, to, to make him sound good. Mm. And, and, of course, his statue's being ripped down and all this. And actually... Uh, some of it is fabricating our history, but also some of it is, is treating people uh, by today's standards. And the nature of humanity is that we pass information from father to son. And therefore, people in the past will be backward compared to us in the same way as we will be backward compared to people in the future. Yeah. Also Social norms change. Point, Social norms change. Today, what's acceptable is different from what it was 50 years, 100 years ago. You can't judge so. everything from 100 years ago to today's standard. That is just well, crazy. Well, things change, but also, I mean, you're, great, you're making a great point that 
across the world. These things have happened everywhere. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm from North Africa. We had the Barbary slave trade. We, we actually yeah. enslaved white people. So yeah. in terms of the way that these sort of, um, sort of microaggressions has actually happened in the past, actually, when we're looking at the way that history has happened, it's happened everywhere. And, this yeah. kind of colonization, Reem, this kind of oppression has happened. Reem, the thing that amazed me was when I saw people, and admittedly it didn't go very far, talking about taking down Nelson's column because uh, the Admiral, the Lord Nelson, was in favour of the slave trade. But, of course, when it was made illegal, he actually then fought in the war to stop yeah. the Spanish trading in slaves. And so this man literally had risked his life to end slavery. And because he personally didn't agree with the piece of legislation abolishing it, suddenly they want to take down his statue. Yeah. Also, the chief uh, achievement of the British Empire was abolishing slavery throughout the empire. As yeah. soon as we had control over certain territories, we abolished slavery in all of them. So, actually, we probably still have slavery if it weren't for the Empire. Because it, it's amazing, actually, Ben, isn't it, that, that that legislation in Britain was not to abolish slavery in Britain. It was to basically start making it illegal worldwide. Throughout so, the Empire. Yeah, so, yeah. so even, even the, the Spanish slave traders were, were stopped mm. because it was considered illegal in Britain. Yeah, and it wouldn't have happened in America if it hadn't happened throughout the British Empire first. Yeah. It was, you know, we did set the tone for, for the abolishing leading. slavery. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. OK, so... Is a London theatre facing a backlash? Is it true or false? It is definitely it is, <laughs> it is absolutely true! <laughs> I just can't wait till they see my large blubbery face <laughs> sitting there on the front row. That was The Woke That Was, continues after the break. Welcome back to That Was The Woke That Was. OK, so we're on 50 points each, and the next question is to you guys. Starbucks has gone woke. In their latest advert, they invite trans women to reunite with their estranged families over a coffee. <laughs> True or false? Oh, um... if, if, if you were a trans woman, would a coffee at Starbucks be the number one thing? <laughs> How do you know it's not it? a trans woman? Did you just assume yeah, you it's just transgender? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, dear. So sorry. That's okay. so sorry. That's okay. It's the, beard, okay. the bearded yeah. lady. <laughs> <laughs> But, but look, uh, this has been apparently quite controversial, this idea of, um, you know, everybody using the trans issue, people jumping on top. I've, I've said this before today. Look, it is now £3 a pint for Bud Light at Weatherspoons. So, well done, Anheuser-Busch. Really, really <laughs> pleased about that. You might have lost a lot of money, but I'll tell you what, my consumption of your not-very-good lager has gone up <laughs> massively. But also you've got that Dylan Mulvaney chap that you just mentioned about Bud Light. Dylan Mulvaney, yeah. Mulvaney, who also then did advert for Tampax. Yes. Which is just I mean, that's hor horribly offensive. It's for disgusting. women across the world who have had to experience periods for their entire lives, Absolutely. the majority of their lives, and that struggle as a teenager, to then see somebody dance around who has never had a period before, never can have a period, mm. dance around with tampons mm. and make it such a trivial thing. It's Absolutely. horrible. But with coffee, I mean, again, it is a universal thing. Yes. <laughs> uh, the, the story behind it might be a little bit silly, but I think that at the end of the day, it, it is kind of a universal experience mm. to have your estranged family come back and it and share a nice iced caramel latte from, from, Reem, from Starbucks. But, but Reem, I just feel like, and, and, and maybe even television reflects this, I feel like women have been so pushed out of so many industries for so long. And then, you know, we, we, do, we do well in this show because obviously we've got talented women in there, but it's a relatively new thing across the country to do that, and indeed across the world. It just feels to me like 
the minute women got rights, <laughs> immediately they started being taken away from yeah. them. Especially yeah. on sports, right? I mean, when it comes to women's sports, the amount of times that we've been pushed out, we had this this grown man. Yeah. Who, wow, he, he you know won the first race uh, when it comes to uh, the, in the women's section. Of course, he was going to beat the women. I mean, he's got he's like eight foot, with massive muscles. Men and women oh, built but different. It's like wow, biologically we're different. Crazy. Well, the one, the one that made the one that made me laugh was that weightlifter that looked like me, loaf. <laughs> <laughs> competing in the women's category. I mean, it's just it's just unbelievable. I mean, I just I just although I, I will say one thing, Ben, just as a worry, you know, are we have we got too much of a downer on the trans community? Because at the end of the day, the vast majority of them are decent tax-paying people who just want to go about their own lives. But the problem is, is that they demand so much attention, you do have to talk about it. But is it, is it, is it when you may, say may, they may or be. a few of them? Well, I was using the gendered pronoun. Hey. Yeah. Oh, oh. I was being actually very sensitive Sorry. and socially progressive there. <laughs> but I, in general, I think with coffee shops, if they want to be socially aware and they want to be progressive and they want to do something I think they good, should just sell you a well, coffee. Well, no, yeah. but, you know, they've got loads of food that they throw away at the end of the day and stuff. Why don't you go out and give it to the homeless? Why don't you do something that you can actually do as a part of your business rather than just the virtue signalling? And if they did start a food bank, it could be, could be called Cost of Living. Oh, yeah. no. I mean, it's Starbucks, but nice try. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's the same thing. You should write for Bobby Davro. <laughs> OK. Um, He's a lovely bloke. He is a lovely bloke, actually. Um, right, OK, look, I appreciate... We, we, we know what direction you're going in, but perhaps this will help you out. Here is the actual advert. <laughs> Coffee. Free cold coffees for Arpita. But look, it's been it's been controversial this in <laughs> India, and um, and people have suggested on the one hand that it's saying that uh, that people in India are intolerant of the trans issue. On the other hand, some people are saying that maybe they are. What what's your take? I just think yeah, India is, we know, a much more traditional country than probably here in the West. And I think you've just got to let their people decide. Let them decide what they think mm -hmm. is appropriate or not. We can't go around deciding or Starbucks or whoever deciding what's okay and not. I, the crux is they're selling coffee, aren't they? I mean, yeah, is anyone more inclined to go to Starbucks? They're not. They're selling dreams. <laughs> selling dreams. I, I, I wish they I would mean, just sell coffee and not... I wish yeah. they would just sell coffee and not make everything like a political message. Sell your coffee, that's it, full stop. Well, one, one of the things that really worries me about it, we see um, countries in the West, but also, you know, India's an ally of Britain. We see countries like ours uh, constantly going woke, going broke, whilst other countries are not doing it and actually are financially benefiting. Because, you know, I made a joke about Anheuser-Busch, but, you know, this is a major US corporation that's being systematically destroyed by wokeism. Now, beer drinking, in the same way as manufacturing, will not disappear. What will happen is other people will benefit. Yeah, definitely. I think what you'll see foreign companies take advantage and they'll just keep growing and growing whilst we keep trying to do stuff like this and not really will take um, this political messaging, whatever's cool or trendy at the moment, rather than just focusing on generating profit, low taxes, growing our economy, and we'll become more focused on political, trendy messages. Political, the... political correctness. Yeah. Now, now, I appreciate asking you whether this is true or false might be slightly <laughs> redundant, having watched the uh, commercial. I think you were going to say true anyway, weren't you? I mean, I'd be more impressive if Chuck Thomas just made that up in, in yeah. the gallery. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. OK, I'm going to say true on true. your behalf. It is absolutely true. Hey.
55 points to you guys. Now, you're trailing. I don't know why. It's just because I make up the scores. <laughs> OK. Uh, BT has announced that it's going to get rid of 10,000 staff and instead replace them with artificial intelligence. Oof. Well, I mean, they basically are already artificial intelligence. When you call them up, they just repeat the same line. Again, <laughs> I mean, what's, what, what difference will it make? You never get anywhere. Do you know? Do you know? My uncle phoned up. I'm not joking. My uncle phoned up BT, and he goes, um, "Hello." And they put a voice on the end of the line said, "Hello, BT. Patricia Mulrooney speaking." He goes, "You know what? I've got a sister called Patricia Mulrooney, and she works for BT." And she goes, "I am your sister." Now. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Just Obviously. called her on a mobile. You know, yeah, get there a lot quicker. There you go. I think it would make, you know, sort of cost-effective sense to use artificial intelligence to replace these useless people that mm. are on the other line of BT. I think, look, if artificial intelligence is the future where they can actually replace them, costs a lot less, and that is that kind of future investment in that technology, I, I think it could definitely be in the green room, In the green room before, Reem, I, I got an advert for a chatbot system that offered me the opportunity to talk to Bob Marley all day. And Jesus. <laughs> and and Jesus. Jesus. I mean, look, all it does is it's just a big database, isn't it? What worries me about AI is that people are obsessed with the idea that it is intelligence, where, where intelligent, whereas actually it, it just isn't. I mean, yeah. if you ask, I get in touch with the customer service department because I've got a genuine problem. When I attempt to speak to a, a chatbot, it doesn't understand the problem because guess what? The problem's complicated, yeah. which is why I got in touch with them. But also it's going to have to obviously be backed up by real people on yeah. phones. So oh, I bet it won't it be though, will it? Well, well, it won't, and that's the problem. They'll have like a few people, they'll cut back massively, mm. and then you'll just end up in a longer queue than ever before, and you'll just give up. People just switch over to different places which don't have AI. Do you think? Do you think? Um, do you think there's there's an element of personal touch which is going to become popular? I've got to be honest. Yeah. I switched banks based on the fact that a new bank opened up where they were just going to open lots and lots of uh, stores and lots and lots of branches. Definitely. I mean, how many times do you guys go into supermarkets now and there's no person on the checkout? Mm. It's all just yourself automated. Oh no, I like um, that. Same. I don't like talking to people. Why are we surprised that a tech company is going to be one of the first to really make giant mm. steps within um, AI systems? Um, but this is actually a really fascinating story. So they plan by, I think it's 2030, to, uh, to get rid of 55,000 jobs and replace 10,000 of them with AI systems. Now, what that basically means is that it's saying that 10,000 AIs can do the job of 55,000. Now, obviously, that's, you know, room for alarm, considering a machine can do it five times better. Uh, but I think that's something we're just going to see time and time again. But again, within the tech industry, there's so many things that they can do better than a human person on you the know, other the, end you of the know, phone. You know, when the argument was uh, took place with the Luddites, they said, look, you know, technology actually will, will make uh, work change. But look, you know, when the, when the horseless carriage, the car came out, wasn't good for the horses in the end, was it? Because uh, there's far fewer of them now working. That's just I mean, how advancements yeah. work. I mean, this this argument that you know AI or technology is going to take all of our jobs and we're all going to be homeless just is not true. And it's, it's been proven wrong time and time again. That argument's been reused, and it's a boring argument because it's untrue. I think these tech advancements are really, really exciting. Mm. I think AI itself is really exciting, and it means that we can actually have better welfare, better healthcare. We could have you know maybe to take off the pressure on the NHS. A lot of these different systems could automate our education system. Yeah. I think it's really exciting and we should stop being so negative. 
I completely agree with that. I mean, even heck, let's look at what happened over lockdown. Zoom, the fact yeah. that we were so able to be it's that interconnected in a time when yeah, we simply the, couldn't yeah, leave the, the house. Thing is, Lacey, about Zoom, then everyone just turned it off, right? I mean, it's, it's share price is, just went boom, boom. The point is, there was once upon a time when if you wanted to go see someone, you'd have to go knock around their house. You couldn't send them a text to see if they were in first. You know, everything is so much more oh, developing no, no, as, I, as time and time progresses. And this is just the next step in that, I think. I, I remember. When I was at school, you had to phone your mate and go, look, let's meet at a certain place on yes. a Saturday. And if you couldn't find them, you just had to go home. Yeah, and that's I, what I mean. And I live 20 miles from Liverpool. That's what I mean. But uh, BT, are they going to replace 10,000 jobs with AI? Well, I, think I, it's true. I think so, because it's not really a new thing, is it? You, you already have the automated phone call thing. So probably, yeah. Yeah, I think it's true. It's absolutely true! <laughs> That was The Woke That Was, continues after the break. Welcome back to That Was The Woke That Was. Discussing the cost of living crisis, oh, Anne Widdicombe has told people not to make cheese sandwiches if they can't afford the ingredients. Oh, Come on. This was brilliant. This was with Joe Colburn, I think, um, on... Um, God, what's it? What did Andrew Neil used to present? Over on BBC. The, the week. Or... This week. This week, yeah. I think that was it. Um, and it was just a brilliant, you know, she, she put across the point where it said, you know, everything's now more expensive. It now costs 40p more to make a cheese sandwich. And Anne Whittacombe just said, well, don't bloody make cheese sandwiches then. And <laughs> what happened to the idea that you only, you know, live within your means? I mean, for goodness sake, it's not although, a barbaric idea, be, is it? To be fair, Lacey, I think the point that was being made was that um, when a cheese sandwich is out of your financial reach, mm -hmm. things have gone far too far. Things have cost of And, and I wouldn't dispute sandwich. that at all. But simply put, you know, if you can't afford to make a cheese sandwich, don't bloody make a cheese sandwich. There are other... Yeah, you know, I, the point of I it is, the is that you have to live... Your wages have to be reflected in, in, in terms of your lifestyle. Right. And there are other things that haven't inflated think, in the same way that bread, butter and cheese has. We should, we should, we should bring back gruel. <laughs> no, actually, actually, can I tell you something? Gruel never went away. Do you know Orange. Horlicks and Ovaltine are types of gruel? No. They just, they just don't advertise as gruel because the, the name is so discredited. Isn't it just porridge? No, no. actually, yeah, it's just it's, it's thin porridge, basically. Is it, it's malt, isn't it? Yeah, it's malt that you mix with milk. Mm. Well, Horlicks. And they mix water with it to water it down mm. as well. So it must taste horrible. No, it but doesn't. I love Horlicks. It, it is cheaper than a cheese sandwich, so... <laughs> So get on the Horlicks. I, I do have a problem, though, with politicians coming out and saying, oh, just buy a cheaper brand of beans. It's like, well, we wouldn't have to if you didn't have the policies which you had. The reason yeah. people are annoyed is because you're making us poorer through terrible governance. And that's why and, people and, and I don't ben, want the cheaper beans. And, Ben, just, just to expand on that, I mean, I personally strongly believe that, that this net zero thing has been hugely yeah. damaging. I accept that the war in Ukraine and other things have pushed up costs, but all of these green levies, all of these expensive technologies, all these subsidies, it just feels like... At least they could just stop it for a little while. Yeah, and it's like they are pushing it onto us to, to and the take one the thing burden. they won't do. The one thing they won't do, they'll tell you to change your, your habits, they'll tell you to make more money, work harder. The one thing they will not do is get rid of the, uh, the energy price increases related yeah. to green technology. Despite the fact that everyone in the country seems to be against them, apart from a very small and very vocal minority, yeah. they don't care about what the people actually think. They just go, no, just eat the cheaper beans. Mm. You can't afford a cheese sandwich. Sorry, we need to pursue our green agenda. No, absolutely.
only about the green levies, but also when we're thinking about what, what's causing inflation, it is government policy. Yeah. And it's the fact that the Bank of England have been effectively buying up government debt, spending, uh, you know, mm. printing money like sweets, because it's called quantitative easing. That's effectively what me, well, well, that's the reason why our prices mm. are much higher. Yeah. And of course, wages aren't reflected in that. It's called stagnation. Really, really, and it's I, the government's fault. Give me, yeah. give me a second. Just, well, Reem, I just want to stick with this because um, I have a limited knowledge of economics. I've got an A level in it, but that's, you know, obviously a school, a school thing rather than a university thing. But to me, if you print more money, then money will be worth less, prices will go up. I don't understand how you can you can you can undertake quantitative easing and not recognise that risk. Absolutely, and this is the reason why the Bank of England seem to think that it can continue to happen. But we see this with central banks across the world. They mm. seem to think that when you've got uh, when you increase the money supply in the short term, of course, that means that the government's debt is less, right? Because that money is less. So it's effectively buying up government debt, making it reduced. Yeah. Um, this isn't you know it's because of the COVID lockdowns. The amount of money that yeah. we spent, eat out to help out, uh, all <laughs> of the sort of uh, you know, furlough. Although all of these although I'm, no, money. no, I'm sorry, you know. I shouldn't say this because I wasn't pleased with Eat Out to Help Out, but it was 50% oh, off. Oh, I love it. Oh, no. I the, used it. I milked it. The mixed grill and a pint was, at Wetherspoons. It was brilliant, but it was absolutely useless. Waste of money, absolutely. isn't it? Waste of taxpayer money, and it's the reason why the government are now having to use the Bank of England but, in this But just way. on that room, you know, we saw hyperinflation just after Germany did in, this, in, the, in the war, you know, and the loaf of bread cost, I think it was equivalent to £100 or something. So the, yes. the idea where people go, oh, we'll just print more money, it's just stupid, idiotic, and I, I Too don't want to pay any money to that. But, but what you just said about you know inflation and wages not seeing that that's the only thing going back to the question that I would I would raise a point on is that there are some things that have been more inflated than others and I think that was simply Anne Whittacombe's point not I can't believe I'm defending her <laughs> um, <laughs> well, where have I got to in my life I'm doing this uh, but you know just that some products have seen a sharper increase than others and, and that's the crux of it yes a, a cheese sandwich might seem a simple a simple choice but there are things that have yeah, been just, just, not just inflated as much sensible thing to do is to adapt but they shouldn't have to adapt without yeah. the stupid That's, policy. I, mean, I, 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 will yeah. say, I will say yeah. one thing. I think I'm glad that you and Widdicombe are connecting because <laughs> you're literally like as opposite <laughs> as two females of the same species. Oh, well, not, neither of us can dance, so I'll give her that, but yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, OK, OK, so look, I think we know where we're going with this, but uh, Anne Widdicombe, has she told people not to make cheese sandwiches? Yes. True. 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 It's absolutely <laughs> true! true. Right, this question annoys the hell out of me. Mm. OK, Keir Starmer has said the NHS won't survive <laughs> if there's another five years of Tory government. Now, I'm going to tell yeah. you, Ben, Reem, why this annoys me so much. Because I remember the first election I was aware of, I was eight years old, it was the 1987 general election, and the number one issue that they were pushing in that election was that if Margaret Thatcher was re-elected, the, the NHS would not survive that yeah. term. Labour have said this at every oh, single election. It was exactly the point I was going to make. How long have they been predicting this? Every yeah. election for the past, you but know, people since believe it, it started. But how long has the NHS been on life support now? We should probably just euthanise it at this point. <laughs> it's taking up vital NHS resources. We've got yeah. 7.2 million people mm. on waiting lists. We spend just below £200 billion a year on the NHS. Clearly, people understand that it is failing and we need to have this reform. It's part of Sunil, it's part of the problem here that we, we have spectacularly failed to communicate to the British public that this is not a binary choice. It isn't you either have the NHS in its current <laughs> format or you have people dying on the streets because they're not being treated. We just can't seem to explain to people that reforming the NHS does not equal shutting down uh, social health care. I think like, with the NHS, it's so like, simple and everyone almost misses it. Our economy is failing. 
our NHS is going to fail. Our NHS is only as good as our economy. If our mm. economy is bad, which it is right now, so is our NHS. They're not immune to the fact that they are paid by our by our economy. So naturally, we're going. It's going to be going for a tough phase. We've just come out of two years of lockdowns. We've shut down an economy for two years. What do people think? The interest is going to be. Well, Sonia, Sonia, what what bothered me about that that whole lockdown thing? I believe that we went. We changed as a country. Uh, and not for the better. We went from being a country with a healthcare system to being a healthcare system with a country yeah. to finance it. Because <laughs> remember, your duty was to, to protect the NHS mm. before saving lives. I think it was stay at home, yeah. protect the NHS, save lives. And the idea that it was your duty to destroy your health, your wealth and your happiness in order to protect the NHS, I actually think crossed the line. Definitely. And I think the, the best group of people to ask are the people from... April 2020 to now that got cancer in that period. Mm. One of the, the yeah. no one talked about this for a very long time. April 2020 on record is the lowest uh, set of data of uh, people getting cancer. People didn't stop getting cancer. No. But they were so scared to yeah. go to their GP over a, a flu virus that has 99.87% whatever mortality that they didn't go when they had a little cough. Has uh, Keir Starmer warned that the NHS has only got five years left? He definitely has, because he's in all these sort of conspiracies, so he definitely has. He has yeah. Unfortunately, and once again, like at every single election, it's true! Oh. <laughs> OK, so they're on 86.5 points each. Right, there Wait, we go. Five. A white man who was overlooked for promotion 25 times has finally become CEO after identifying as a black woman. <laughs> Is it true or false? That can't what be true. What do you true. think? That can't be true. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, but that would be... Crazy. Barbaric, yeah, right? Yeah, well, I, thankfully, I, this is from a satirical website because um, yeah. I did see this story because it, it, it took me so unaware. Uh, but this is Jonathan who turned to Joanna. <laughs> okay. um, did that give him hope? Well, no, apparently it did. I mean, the quote was, is that I wish I thought of this sooner, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, this, this is thankfully a faux story. Okay. Um, uh, but no, I thought it was brilliant. The idea that, you know, he was he was continuously overlooked, overlooked as Jonathan, but then once he became Black Joanna... It sounds laughable but, but that, yeah. that, that, that somebody would be a male weightlifter and decide to, to don a dress in order to win the female title and get away with it. I mean, heck... But it's happened. The, the crux of this show is to give stories that should be unbelievable, <laughs> but sadly sometimes are true, and I think that's just very much the case with this, you know. A guy that was in a company for, for 25 years then turns into a black woman. Hello, I'm CEO now. <laughs> you know, well, but I'm those sure are the kind of things. This has actually happened, though. I'm sure someone somewhere has transitioned sure. and I then got a promotion. I totally believe that. I think now that the, 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 it's like the criteria. If you can show you're the most oppressed person, like you've had the most mm. oppressed, uh, whether it's being black, women, transsexual, you go right to the top. I think that, that's the message. It's a pressure You can point, show how much you've been yeah. oppressed and you go right to the top Absolutely. rather than your but, skills. But when I when I was involved in the National Union of Students, their National Black Caucus, uh, you could, A, you could self-define, but B, there were people, get this, who defined themselves as black because they were Irish. Uh, so, <laughs> has, has a white man that identified as a black female uh, in order to finally get promoted to CEO. Is it true or false? So thankfully, it's false. It is absolutely false! Yay. 100 points. Well done. That was The Woke That Was. Continues after the break. Welcome back to That Was The Woke That Was. 
Conservative MP uh, Damien Green has said that when he was a child, he enjoyed swimming in sewage. Well, he must feel right at home in Westminster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. he must do. That's like, how I, I feel in Parliament every day. Oh, yeah. it's hard. It's, it's the Thames. It's just dirty yeah. and horrible. Um, I think this could be true because I think that he is a sort of part of this kind of climate activist yeah. uh, sort of surrounding. He's sort of part of this idea that he would actually be perfectly happy to swim around around sewage. So I think I think it's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so I think the point he was attempting to make was that uh, things were simpler in the old days. But I mean, look. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm uh, defending, you know, the left. But there are a lot of things that were really, really bad. I mean, the number of children <laughs> that died in horrific accidents. I mean, you read some old Victorian newspapers, and it's things like, you know, child went too close to fire, and the clothes were highly flammable. You think, oh my god. It's the beauty of technology, isn't it? The amount of uh, safety regulations, sort of safety improvements, sorry, that have been implemented as a result of these technological advancements. That, so be, that being said, where were his parents? I mean, surely yeah. that's a job. <laughs> um, it's pretty obvious that it's not because he was so deprived and things were bad in the old days. It's like, don't swim in sewage. You know. He's the job fine. Parents. You know, but, but he's turned out. He is okay. a Remainer, so you never know. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the, I think the point the point is I've seen documentaries before where people where kids well older people talk about when they were swimming in the Thames as kids. They said, oh, just when you got to the bank, you used to just move the dead cats out the way and all that sort of thing, and then just climb out. Jump, but, jump over the shopping trolley. Christmas and Christmas, we got smacked round the end. The Thames people were happy kids. <laughs> <laughs> I love that when they always go. They always go. In the old days, you could leave your door open. There was nothing to nick. Right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, literally. Nothing. They didn't have a door. Yeah, that's, right. that's right. You didn't need to. Didn't need to lock your door. We couldn't afford a door. <laughs> my, my dad had burnt it on fire. <laughs> Christmas. There is an element of like older people that look down on the younger generation and say, why are you complaining about there being no housing? Back in my day, we had nothing. And yeah. it's like, yes, I understand that you probably had a very, very bad life. I want a better one. Yeah. Also, also one. The, other, the other thing that people have said about nostalgia for the past, they're going, look, who are people that talk about the sort of 1950s? Normally, it's old blokes, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and the only people that, the, uh, obviously, their mothers who were there with dolly boards, right? Yeah. They're all dead, so they can't talk <laughs> about it. The dads are all dead who had to go down pits. And then the sisters normally don't go on TV. So it's basically these carefree young men going, oh, it was great back then. It was fantastic. Uh, we able, I'm sure yeah. it was for you. We were, able, we were able to play in the rubble of the bomb damage. Oh, that's, that sounds fantastic. And by the time they were 18, everything was fine. Yeah. <laughs> Damien Green, has he revealed that he used to swim in sewage, but you were a happy kid? Well, I think that must be false. But you, you I actually, yeah, I actually think it's true. But we can go with false. No, we'll, we'll go with I'll you. I'll go with what the we'll man was. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and I'll well, be a gentleman and which say one? true. <laughs> it's absolutely true. <laughs> The suggestion that there was nothing wrong with him given his views on Brexit <laughs> is absolute nonsense. I mean, there must have been bottle feeding four-star petrol. <laughs> anyway, OK, uh, Facebook stalkers have been left red-faced after a computer bug meant that all the people that they looked at got friend requests from them. I heard about this. Is it true or false? Yeah, I heard about this. So, you know, when you're stalking on your ex online, uh, recently, there was a bug that meant that you accidentally sent them a friend request, despite the fact you absolutely hadn't. 
Um, but I, I saw it led to quite a few funny comments, ironically, on Twitter. Um, <laughs> yeah, but the, the problem you know I would have, I mean, but... I, very often when we've got people who are coming on to this show or indeed any of the other shows, we will look at their social media. It's just a matter of interest. I mean, I'd, I'd be adding all sorts of people. All I see on there are people that you haven't heard from since primary school that are either engaged or are having babies. Oh! And it makes you really sad. No, no, the one that I don't like is the way they're all feeling blessed. Oh, oh get out of it. You know, feeling blessed. I haven't, I haven't cared for you many years, I still don't. Like, the, if the, you want to contact me, you can. I don't care for The other one, Reem, that really annoys me is the, what people need to understand about me <laughs> is that you can talk about me behind my back, but I'll know about it. No one cares. Nobody <laughs> cares. What I don't like about Facebook is the relationship status. Yeah. I mean, people update them regularly and say, I've, done, I've been in a relationship for two months, can't wait for my anniversary. Darling, it's been two but months. The most wild one was, it's Why? complicated. It's complicated, oh, no, no, yeah. No, I'm sorry, to be, I'm sorry to be slightly crude, but it's complicated means he's willing to he's willing to have me, but he's not going to date me. Right, that, you're just humiliated <laughs> by his no, It's humiliating, so thus it's just a cry for help. You know, you're doing it for some purpose, and that's just that's just what I hate about Facebook. Yes. I, I, I think it's, it's, yeah. It's... I haven't used it in years. I think the only people who use it now are over the age of about 55. I agree, which is bizarre, yeah. because that never used to be No, it's switch. Yeah, you used to be embarrassed when your parents used to get Facebook, and now it's just, no, please stay there. Stay on that one. What was that joke? I saw something quite funny on Twitter, and somebody said, you know what, in six months' time, my dad's going to post a link from Facebook <laughs> yeah. and this to our family WhatsApp group. And you go, mm, there is some truth yeah. in that, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, how, how has Facebook gone to being so uncool? I think it was just because other stuff emerged, you know, yeah. things moved quickly and the younger generations moved over. So Twitter and Instagram, TikTok. now TikTok. I mean... I love I... TikTok. <laughs> I love TikTok. And TikTok I think loves you. TikTok is brilliant because it's, it's the way you're able to communicate to other young people as well. I mean, TikTok is majoritively used by those that are under the age of 25. Mm. Facebook, again, it's sort of... You get those little reels now mm. as well. So Facebook itself has adapted than, you know, from what it was five years ago. Yeah. And now you, now you get the Instagram reels, TikTok, things that were on TikTok again five years ago. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, there sorry, sorry. There was so little English in that that the president <laughs> of France would have been proud. And what, 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 what was that all about? So on Facebook. So re reels, reels, reels and Facebooks yeah. and TikTok. Look, can we just all agree <laughs> that Facebook's rubbish? It is rubbish. It is yeah. rubbish. It's attempted to adapt, but I think it's done a very bad job. I don't do even I, have the app. Do you, do, do, you think that, um, do you think that Facebook is finished? I mean, this uh, Zuckerberg, I mean, I went, I looked at that metaverse thing. Oh, my God, it looks like an eight-year-old made it. But obviously, Instagram's in, in the metaverse as well, and that, yeah. that's still one of the most successful platforms. I believe TikTok is the most successful social media platform, bar YouTube, if you count that as a social media platform. Uh, but no, as you rightly said, whether you understood it or not, Andre, you know, YouTube now has YouTube shorts. Everything's been adaptive from the TikTok form. Uh, but going back to the question itself, whether, you know, about stalking people on Facebook, I think everyone stalks everyone. The whole point of social media is to be nosy. I mean, that's where reality TV came from. We like looking into people's lives. We you know, like do, being intrusive. We like being do you remember what Norman Tebbit once said? He said, the word social is unbelievable in that it normally negates the word that comes immediately after it. <laughs> so social media is not real media. Social housing is not very good housing. Social workers are not real workers. It really does work. Quite, quite very cross true. Board, very cross true. OK, but look, have Facebook stalkers been embarrassed because friends' requests got sent on their behalf? Yeah, absolutely. It is absolutely true! Mark is away and his team has finally won. So congratulations to Reem and Ben. Commiserations, Sunil's first appearance and he lost.
for the first time. Lacey, you've won absolutely everything so far, so I don't have a problem with you losing. Right, I'm off now to prepare a big, big cheese sandwich for Anne Whittaker. <laughs> Until next week, goodbye. Now that's what I call woke. She's always the person with the cervix to me. 44 smash hits, now with more inclusive lyrics. Man, I feel gender fluid. Iconic tunes updated for the modern listener. Love is to the left of me, vegans to the right. Here I am, stuck on the M1 with you. I want to know what a woman is. Here in my car, I am killing the earth with my toxic exhaust. It's a selfish way to live. No trigger warning required. Oh, the wokey cokey. Whoa, the wokey cokey. Oh, my little Europhile, my Europhile. When you're gonna follow me back, Ramona. Now that's what I call woke. Not streaming now.